Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably one of the most entertaining marketing podcasts you're going to put in your ear. I'm Kevin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of the podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges facing the market. And maybe we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Rowena Humby, CEO of StarCount, joins Vincent and AJ to chat about her origins in marketing, the importance of context and analysis in consumer-focused data, and StarCount's future in the U.S. market. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your host, your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista. Oh, I feel like it's been so long since I've talked to you, but it hasn't been that long. It's been, I've missed you though, I've missed you. I've missed a lot of things about this podcast, and we'll get into that in a moment, but it is great to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you forgot, if you're tuning in for the first time, maybe people are telling you about it, welcome. If you're not familiar, Starista, let's talk about the company behind the podcast. That's just for a few seconds. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help companies access that data to help them get new customers through our ESP, our DSP. That's a lot of acronyms I just hit you with. But email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address. And thank you for using it, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm happy for a variety of reasons. I felt like I have not talked to my co-host. He's very busy. He's, he's even calling in right now on location. Look how cool I sound on location, like we're movie stars. We're not, but it's okay. He's calling in from a conference. He did not want to miss this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Yeah, it's, uh, I think this is the first one I've ever recorded from Austin. So there is a first right there. That is live from Austin. You know, what have you been up to, man? I haven't talked to you. Yeah, it was uh, kind of, it's been a little bit busy with the work travel. And then Thanksgiving week, we went to uh, U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, managed to do my uh, first ever snorkeling and also caught my first ever fish. So got two bucket list items out of the way. AJ, I'm glad you're back on this podcast. This is a podcast today I'm extremely happy about. I'll tell you why, but you're always happy, Vincent. Yes, I am, but I'm extremely happy because I love the podcasts where our own colleagues are like, hey, you have to talk to this person. You have to you know, meet them, meet their company. And this one, was recommended by the legendary, I call him the legendary Matt Stout, industry vet. We love him here at Starista, recommended. So we got a great one today, AJ. Marketing stir, get ready for the chief executive officer at StarCount, Rowena Humby. What's going on, Rowena? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Thank you for calling in. It's a little bit later there. You are in the UK, correct? Is that where you are? I am. I'm in London in the UK. So yeah, it's it's just turning dark here. Nice. Well, thank you for being with us before, uh, you know, before dusk. Is that dusk? Yeah, dusk. <laughs> dusk. It is dusk. Okay, look, see, I know things, AJ. I read. Not really. But anyway, Rowena, it is so great 
to uh, have met you. I met you a couple weeks ago. I'm so glad that Matt had recommended you because I'm like, she's awesome. She's so fun. And I love what you're doing there at Star Count. So if you could, let's get right into it. Tell us about Star Count as well as your role there as the chief executive officer, some of your day to day. Yeah, sure. So StarCount is a data science agency focused on consumer behavior. So ultimately, we use data to understand customers, what they're doing. Um, we focus on behavioral data. So looking at data kind of, you know, in the millions en masse to see what customers are doing and when. Um, but for StarCount in particular, and the reason I co-founded StarCount is because I started my career as a data scientist, and I noticed that so often data is focused on, you know, the transactional side of data, profits, product, product, uh, price, um, and failed to reveal the emotional side. And ultimately, customers, you know, customer data is about people. And as people, we're driven by our emotions and the things that we love and care about. So that's why I co-founded StarCount. Um, I wanted to bring the emotional data into the marketing and advertising ecosystem, um, ultimately to show how we can use data to understand what people love and care about, because that's what drives our actions. So whether we're choosing a car, insurance products, a holiday, it's the things that matter to us that drive those choices, whether that's, you know, our family, the environment, health, um, our business, um, veganism, you know, fitness, whatever it might be. Um, and so ultimately my role um, at StarCount is to lead that vision, to champion what we do, to show that by humanizing data, we can help, you know, brand advertisers and media agencies connect emotionally with their customers. Um, and, you know, we see that that drives, you know, such an uplift in the campaigns that they run and, you know, billions for retailers all over the world. So, um, yeah, I'm all about the why, why customers connect with you and sort of the psychology that drives us as, as people and consumers. I, I love it. And you could already tell that your passion shines through on what you do in the company. Rowena, because, yeah, you know, we talked about this and, and, and again, Matt had told me some great, you know, things about you. I, you know, I love your kind of your origin story, if we will. Right. How do you get started in marketing? Yeah, good question. So I guess, I guess it was kind of in the stars for me. Um, I was always going to probably end up in this industry because my parents were were pioneers in it. So um, my dad is Clive Humby, uh, my mum Edwina Dunn. They founded the business Dunn Humby. Um, Gosh, when did they found it? Before I was born, they had me during the early days of the business. Um, you know, they their big break was when they met. Tesco here in the UK in 1995, um, and they helped launch Tesco Clubcard, um, which was transformative and took Tesco from, you know, um, one of the third biggest supermarkets to the first, and they've never been knocked off that position since. Um, and since then, they went on to launch loyalty programs all over the world. Um, they did Kroger in the US. Um, I believe Dunhumby is now called 8451 in, in America. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I grew up, I guess, you understanding consumer behavior. Um, I like to tell the story that 
when I went to, when we used to go to a restaurant as a family, we'd sit around the table and we wouldn't talk to each other about our lives necessarily. We'd analyze everyone else in the restaurant. So we'd look at all the other tables around us and we'd be like, oh, do you think that's a first date? No, definitely date two or three, but he's definitely more into it than she is. <laughs> so always collecting the data, always analyzing people. Um, but yeah, in terms of my story and my background, um, rather than my parents, they always encouraged me to consider a, a science or math subject um, in my academic life. They knew how powerful that was in their industry. Um, so I did a, a university degree in astrophysics. Um, I, you know, as much as I love people, I love space. Um, and in astrophysics, you do a lot of data skills because essentially your degree is analyzing data that comes in through telescopes to understand galaxies and the stars out there. So I learned a lot of my academic technical side from uh, from my time at university and school. Um, but yeah, when I finished uni, I had no intention to go and work for my parents. I wanted to go backpacking and traveling. Um, but they offered for me, they'd just sold They'd just sold on Humvee actually the year before I left uni. Uh, they did retire for a little bit, um, but I think they got the itch and wanted to come back. Um, so they invited me to come and help them launch their next venture, um, aptly called Humvee and Done rather than Done Humvee. Um, and we got some hands, our hands on um, some different data sets, and I, I got the opportunity to learn customer data science, and I just fell in love with it. I thought, wow, not only can I use the things that I've learned in my sort of academic background, but now I get to understand people. And for me, people are just um, incredible. I love understanding people's stories, why we are how we are, how our experiences shape the things that matter to us. Um, so yeah, so that's how I am where I am today, I guess. Um, started my career as a data scientist, absolutely loved it. Um, and then when I realized that we were doing the same solution over and over again for a couple of clients, I moved into product to kind of make it a repeatable solution. Um, then once we'd built it, I was like, now I want to go and sell it. So I moved into sales and technical pre-sales and went out with our sales team and, and tried to embed it in the market. And when I heard the pushbacks and understood what was it, what was sort of blocking that adoption, I moved back into a product role and was kind of chief product officer for a while. Um, and yeah, eventually they kind of were like, you know what, you're ready, Rowena, it's time for us to step back. Here is the baton, best of luck. And uh, yeah, promoted me to take over the business. <laughs> That's amazing. We've had a, folks with a lot of different backgrounds, but I think astrophysics is the uh, first one. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, with the retail businesses, things changed over the pandemic. The, these changes affect star count and how did it kind of uh, how did you handle that challenge yeah absolutely so um we actually relaunched uh, star count during the pandemic so as i mentioned um you know my my parents had stepped back i just stepped into the ceo role um and uh things were going fairly smoothly um but when then the pandemic hit and we had to change a lot. So um, StarCamp was originally launched, to take a step back, StarCamp was actually originally launched as a consumer-facing app. Um, so the idea behind it was that you could follow your favorite stars on this app and it would curate all of their 
uh, top content into a single news feed for you. Um, so my parents and I were kind of brought in to help them with their monetization strategy. How can we um, start to use this rich data of what people are following on social um, to, to support brands in a commercial use case? And you know, my parents got so excited when they saw it because they were like, hold on, this data is structured the same as the supermarket data. But rather than it being the combinations of items you're putting in your shopping basket, it was what are you putting in your social news feed? What are you choosing to follow and consume? And therefore, it was an indicator of not just what you bought, but what you loved and cared about. Um, so the business was very focused on things like sports, celebrity, entertainment and TV when we first joined them. Um, when we got involved, because of the Dunhumby name, we had a lot of retailers reached out that wanted to do a Dunhumby. Um, so we had a big part of our business that was very much focused around retail consultancy, helping uh, retailers with location planning, marketing, et cetera. Um, and we started to see that this emotional data that we were pulling from social to show what people loved and cared about had a real place for retail brands because whilst the products we choose are what, we buy, the reasons we choose them are the things that we love and care about. Um, so yeah, while, while the business was growing before the pandemic, we were very focused on that. The retail consulting side of the business kind of funded the development of the product. Um, but then it was all kind of blown apart when COVID hit because our biggest clients were footfall retailers. Um, you know, they were no longer able to um, they had to make the teams that we were working with redundant. Um, and so unfortunately, we had to um, end our relationships with them at that time. Um, so it was a kind of bapti baptism of fire for me, uh, you know, three months into the role and all of this change. Um, but so I started thinking, gosh, what else am I going to do? What would I want to do for my career? And I just knew that the Star Count Vision was what I really cared about and was super passionate about. So uh, yeah, we relaunched the business, relaunched the brand, um, started again as a much smaller team because we were 40 people before that. Um, and now we're growing again and, and doing great things. So I'm so glad we did it because um, yeah, it, it it's now is the time. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I know these decisions are always tough. So glad that it's uh, worked out very well for you. Uh, and I know you guys are always uh, innovating and there's some big plans coming up for expansion in the next couple of months. Would love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the big exciting move for StarCount is that we're coming to the US. Um, so we've built our data product here in the UK. Um, and, you know, um, the social media data I mentioned is, of course, global. So we have it in all markets around the world. We have this incredible graph where we analyze the combination of things that people follow on social to understand what they love and care about so to just talk about that for a second it's you know I you know you you could both follow a cycling brand but one of you follows that cycling brand alongside um, Greta Thunberg and Greenpeace and UN climate change you have an environmental mindset whereas the other one might follow it alongside a fitness brand a sports nutrition brand you know fitness media it shows you have a fitness mindset so it's both bought a bike but two different reasons for buying that bike one is to reduce the carbon footprint one is for fitness reasons and marketers can really benefit from that from understanding you know what is the emotional connection from that purchase and how they can then use that in creative and targeting to create more effective campaigns so that solution that we have is global um however 
as you guys are probably fully on top of, we've been through a lot of changes recently where, you know, data legislation has changed, GDPR in the UK, you know, we've got the California Privacy Act, a lot of a lot of more protection around how people can use data. And also our clients wanted us to think about, wow, these campaigns you're creating for us from a retention point of view in CRM are driving these incredible performance uplifts. How can we also use this for acquisition? So those two activities in turn, the data legislation evolving and our clients wanting us to move from just from retention through to acquisition, sort of brought me full circle and thinking, so what could this data product be that we build? And we ended up connecting the social media data of what people love and care about to geography. So in the UK, it's at full postcode. Um, and that allows our clients to use that for activation purposes, you know, the geo for, for different media channels. Um, and so we've just finished building it um, in the US at SIP plus four. So now the clients that we work with, um, many of them, you know, global, are now looking at how they can use this for their media and marketing strategy in the US. So yeah, I am very excited and hopefully we'll be traveling your guys way very soon. <laughs> That would be amazing. I'm right in New York City. Please come and uh, come and visit. I love I love the origin story. I love the you know breaking into the U.S. here. Rowena, talk to us about like we're, you're, we're, let's stay on data. You know, stressed as a data company, we love that topic. What is the importance of data at StarCount and for your platform? Talk to us about some of the sourcing, if you could. Love to learn more about that. Our listeners really love getting into that nitty gritty. Yeah, of course. So the star count proposition, as as hopefully I've championed already, is all around understanding what people love and care about and therefore why they buy. So, so many people use data to focus on what people buy, um, whether that's your first party customer data, where you're looking at the products that people purchase from you. Um, and quite often people just focus on, you know, it's easy to focus on, well, they bought this product, so what product might they buy next? And that is that is super important. But if you can add that layer of context on top of that to show what your customers love and care about, the results can be phenomenal. So the way that our data platform works is we can bring in our clients' first-party data so we can have a look at their customers, um, what they've bought with them, how recently, frequently they shop, what they spend, what product sort of diversity they shop across that brand. And then we map it across into our geo product to understand well, what else do those customers care about? What are they following on social? Um, so we can see that the people that are buying these products are more likely to be into fitness, health, veganism, animal welfare, environment, whatever it might be. Um, so we have social to understand what they love. We use search data to understand you know, what are they searching for? What's their current intent? What's on their mind? Um, and then we also bring in demographic data and open banking data. Um, so the demographic data helps us quantify the market opportunity, the headroom, um, and delighted that Starista is our partner in the US for doing that um, and, our, and, and facilitates our ability to match these great behavioral data sets two zip code plus four, two demographic profiles across different um, US states and regions. Um, and finally, we bring in banking data, open banking data, to have a look at where else customers are shopping, um, where they spend their time and money, um, all brought together from using that very granular match key of the geo, the zip plus four. Um, so yeah, we see what they buy with you from your data, what they love from social, what's on their mind from search, 
where else they shop from banking and who they are from demographics. And when you understand that 360 view of your customer, you can create incredibly powerful um, marketing campaigns and strategies um, to effectively reach them. I love it. I love it. And who? Starcal and Strista, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, the partnership. We're so happy about that. And that wasn't a leading question, I promise. I was just really <laughs> legit. Thank you for mentioning it, but I was legit. You know, we want to understand, you know, the data because sometimes if we have people on who work in data, we will get emails to that very same email address I announced in the beginning saying, hey, why don't you ask them about data? So we did. There you have it, folks. But Rowena, you already mentioned a lot about it. But talk to us about the product itself. How is it different from other audience enrichment layers? Yeah, good question. So um, the reason it's different is it facilitates, well, first and foremost, we are software agnostic, you know, whether we're connecting into your um, CDP, your CRM, your CRM platform, we have that API that allows us to enrich your understanding of your customers. Um, we are a data provider. We are not necessarily a technology provider. Um, and that means that our audience enrichment layer gives you that intelligence on your customers that allows you to match that into your first party data sets. What we offer as a managed service, which is for me the most exciting part of what we do, is when we bring all those data signals that I talked about, you know, where else people are shopping, their demographics, what they're following, what they're interested in, what they're searching for, is we use those signals to create what we call a mindset segment, which is the biggest, which is what is the motivator of your customer and what drives them to purchase. Um, and that sort of a why signal is really powerful. That's where we build things like, you know, this person is a discount shopper this person is a an environmental vegan this person is a health conscious mum we can build these really rich lifestyle segments from the signals that we collect and each one is bespoke to our clients and customers um, and that facilitates quite a unique audience enrichment layer where typically the things the data sets that you have to enrich your customer data um can be quite demographically led um and can be or can be you know, understood from surveys. We find a lot of people traditionally understand why people shop with them from survey data, but we take it that extra layer forward because we understand the why, but we can connect that back onto data sets, whether that be clients' first-party data, or we also work with media agencies and publishers to append those signals onto um, different touch points across media channels so that you can also activate them uh, for acquisition purposes. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, retail media has become a hot topic in the last 12 months or so. What are some of the general trends that you're seeing, given how close you are to that? Yeah, great question. So retail media is much more advanced in the US than it is in the UK. Um, but I'm involved in a lot of conversations about it over here. And you know, look, because of my heritage, I know the power of supermarket data um, and grocery data or Amazon data. When you are a retailer that sees your customers frequently and they buy a lot of items, um, you can paint a really rich picture about what they love and care about. You know, you know if someone cooks from fresh, cares about their health, has a pet, has a child. I actually think... Um, 
I actually think Dunhumby was in the in the papers once for knowing that someone in the household was pregnant before the rest of the household knew, and they got sent um they got sent some like uh, baby product offers, and everyone in the house was like, "What's going on here?" And it transpired that the daughter was pregnant or something like that, and it had changed the shopping basket behavior. Um, so I love that story, and I know the power of retail data. Um, so I'm really excited that the industry is moving forward and innovating in that way in the terms that you can now advertise to people based on the products they've bought. I think where I am keen for things to not get lost is to stick in that product mindset, which is because this customer bought this product, they also might like this one. Do not get me wrong. I totally believe that that's a valuable use of transaction data. But I think the value comes from where you can say, well, yes, these two customers actually might look a little bit different um, because of the context of understanding what's going on in their lives. Um, so my favorite actual story from this is, you know, um, in the US, if you look at um, a, a baseball bat on Amazon, um, you can essentially get what do you guys think is the next best recommended product to a baseball bat? You think like a glove, like a baseball glove or a ball. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Um, in the UK, unfortunately, that's not the case. If you look for a baseball bat on Amazon in the UK, the next best item comes up is a balaclava, right? So <laughs> absolutely terrifying <laughs> from a UK perspective. But obviously, baseball is not so big a sport over here. But that just shows you that if you're looking at products connected to products, and you don't put that layer of customer understanding on top, you know, that could have been a dad buying a gift for his son. Um, it could have been all sorts of things. It could have been someone doing it for their safety reasons. And so that's going to terrify them. So I think that contextual layer of who that person is and what they care about is super important. And that's where StarCount sees an opportunity in collaborating with retail media um, to add that layer of, of why people buy on top of the what they buy. It's interesting, the differences you mentioned. So uh, following up on that, as you're launching into the U.S., is your ideal client profile different in U.S. than it would be in the U.K.? Good question. So um, in terms of client profile, um, we work with um, brands directly, uh, so brands and advertisers. And you know what, when we started, we thought we would be very focused on brands that are very obviously emotionally led. Um, so you think fashion, gaming, entertainment, travel, lifestyle brands, because those brands recognize the importance of res resonating with um, someone's lifestyle, what they care about to create powerful campaigns. Um, so we do work with a lot of advertisers in that space. However, we also interestingly work a lot with the industries that you might not perceive as so emotional. So think automotive, CPG, financial services, those are still actually very emotional purchases. If you think about when you're buying a car, if you think about um, when you're choosing insurance, you're usually going, it's a. It's either a high value purchase or you're doing it because something in your life has changed drastically. So to understand what matters to that person, the things that they care about, it can be transformational in um, in creating, you know, good marketing and successful campaigns um, for those industries. So we actually have a lot of clients also in things like automotive, financial services, uh, telco and CPG. So 
Yeah, all spectrums of brands we can work with. And, you know, especially those that want to champion the reasons that, you know, customers connect with your brand. Um, and we're also looking to work with media agencies and publishers. Um, you know, this data is a powerful um, audience targeting capability. Um, and so as we move into the US, we'd love to grow our relationships that we already have with the global media agencies here in the UK and extend their usage to a US product. Um, and also to start working with some of the amazing, you know, um, uh, US media owners in whether that's the US Postal Service, whether that's um, the connected TV endpoints, whether that is programmatic and out of home. Um, all of those are things that we do here in the UK that are very successful. Um, so yeah, excited to, to take it forward in the States. That's amazing. And I know there's a lot of those type of companies listening. So, you know, keep a lookout, ladies and gentlemen, for Rowena and StarCount. Talk, talk to me about StarCount. As far as, you know, you relaunched during the pandemic, right? What was the inspiration behind that decision? Uh, and what kind of opportunities did you see in the market? So we relaunched to really focus on this new, exciting ability to connect data sets together. We saw, I'm a strong believer in um, having as many signals as you can to understand your customers. Um, and there's a lot of restrictions now and how data can be used from privacy and legislation laws that have come about. So the reason we relaunched StarCount was to focus on an algorithm that can take the signals from multiple data sources and combine them um, together to create an understanding of audiences from across different data sets. So really the relaunching of StarCount was very much about taking all the R&D that we'd done previously, knowing that our bread and butter was using the data to understand what people are passionate about, what matters to people, but creating a, a data platform that allows people to know that when they match their data into that, they're doing it in a privacy-first way that's future-proofed against all future um, data legislation changes. I think anyone who works in the world of data knows that you have to be on your toes these days. You have to be thinking privacy first, thinking transparency. Um, but we don't want the world to go backwards and lose the value of those brilliant data sets that are out there. Um, so really for us, it's about creating a, a place, a platform for people to use the best signals from across different data sources, combine them um, and use that to basically best understand their customers so they can um, speak to them relevantly, um, engage them in the things that matter to them, because that's better for both brand and customer. Yeah, I, I love it. And then let's talk about the name. We didn't get into the name, the origin of the name StarCount. Where does that come from? Yeah, so the origin of the name StarCount, um, so as I mentioned earlier, StarCount originally started as a consumer-facing app where um, a, a user could essentially connect all of their social media accounts and choose which stars they wanted to follow. Um, so, you know, the big stars at the time were, you know, the, the football clubs, uh, Justin Bieber, um, who else did we talk about all the time? I'm trying to remember. Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, Spy. <laughs> um, and essentially the idea was that you could connect all of your all of their content into one news feed. So you weren't having to log on to each of the different social platforms. Um, the consumer facing app no longer exists and is no longer part of the business. Um, but that is essentially where StarCount came from, the kind of idea that you can follow stars. Um, 
But as you guys know, I did a degree in astronomy. So I loved the name Star Count. And actually, the first version of our product was called the Observatory. Um, obviously, an observatory being how you look at and analyze stars in the solar system and absorb that data and analyze it. Um, so yeah, we called it the observatory for many years, um, but have renamed the platform now because um, ultimately <laughs> I've been persuaded that we're, we're, we're about humanizing data and thinking about people, not stars. Um, so <laughs> yeah, but I think the name star count still works. Here's a fun one. We ask all of our guests and uh, these, we always get some pretty interesting answers. So I'm sure you get a lot of LinkedIn messages, most of them unsolicited. What's a message that you get excited about and you respond to? And then what's something that really annoys you? Oh, goodness. Good question. Yeah. I mean, Having CEO in my role title on LinkedIn means that I get outreach to by all kinds of companies, B2B companies, you know, HR services, legal, finance, sales, marketing, creative, employee well-being, safety, office spaces. Um, so I really am bombarded with a lot of sales outreach emails. Um, I'm trying to think what's the, I mean, I can tell you what annoys me. What annoys me is when people send me follow-up emails being like, has my email annoyed you? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of when you get it right, when people get it right, I think it's a combination of right message, right time, right place. Um, you know, the best messages are those that sell the problem. Um, you know, they remind you that this is a challenge that you have as a CEO, as a as that business professional. Um, and you know, championing what Star Count stands for, that means that they can connect emotionally with understanding the things that matter to you, the things that care about you care about, um, and then they quite you know, easily digest what their solution is. Um, but I think the most important thing is it has to be at the right time. You know, we recently did a, a promotional video for StarCount and suddenly everyone who was offering their video editing services were really relevant to me. And so it, it kind of stood out. Um, but I also must admit there are some really funny people out there and some brilliant outreach emails that you get. And those ones were I don't know, they've got a, a funny picture or they joke about it written being written by ChatGBT. Um, they make me laugh and smile in the middle of my working day. So those guys have to get a thumbs up as well. All right. Sounds like humor is the key to your inbox. Potentially. <laughs> um, so I noticed you are on the board of the Female Lead. Tell us a little bit about that organization and its importance to you. Yeah, so the Female Lead is a charity foundation. Um, it's a not-for-profit, um, and it was actually started by my mum, Edwina Dunn. Um, so Edwina set it up after she finished working as a passion project. Um, when mum was working with these global retailers all over the world, she was so often the only woman in the room. Um, you know, she very rarely saw another woman at the level that she was operating. Um and I know that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't be an entrepreneur. I wouldn't be a CEO if it wasn't for her. She is my role model and she makes me feel like it's possible. She makes me feel like, you know, there's never a right time to take these risks um, and that we can do anything that we set our, our minds and hearts to. Um, so role models are so important. And my mum recognized that. Um, so she set up the female lead on the belief you can't be what you can't see. And she wanted to create a celebration of women 
in all kinds of industries and roles to inspire other young girls to imagine bigger and greater careers for themselves. Um, so the project started as a book. Um, she interviewed 60 incredible role models and created a beautiful book of their, their photographs and their stories. And we've actually now got a book into every school across the UK and US through the work that we do um, on the foundation. And the idea is to inspire girls to think differently. What we never expected doing this work for young girls is how women of all ages would react. So over COVID, the social media following of the female lead blew up. We've now got 80, 8 million followers across our social media accounts. Um, and what we're doing now and what I'm so happy to be a part of is we're, we're staying true to our, um, staying true to what we do best. And we are analyzing the data on women to try and show what matters to them. Um, so much like a customer segmentation of first party data, we are now having these conversations on social with these 8 million women. We're seeing the topics and themes and conversations that unite them, what divides them. And then we're then running surveys and polls to deep dive into those things that matter to women. Um, and we're actually collecting all this data and we've started to be able to prove that, you know, lo and behold, women are not all the same. We do not want the same things. Um, and the idea behind that is to help have the conversation that, you know, women are still not running enough businesses. They're still not in enough leadership positions. They're still taking on a lot of the unpaid care. And yet they are some of the biggest shoppers and household decision makers. Um, so they need to be represented at the top of organizations. So we want to use this data to debunk a lot of myths and to prove the things that would actually make a difference for women with the aim to you know, improve their success and help them take the lead in their lives. Um, so yeah, I do that one day a week alongside Star Count and I absolutely love it. And um, I also do a lot of work championing, championing women in data and technology because there's certainly not enough of us there. <laughs> I, I love that. Thank you for, for that work. And, and shout out to mom too. Thank you for, for mom for creating that. Uh, so Rowena, let's talk about the fun side, right? Let's talk about what you like to do for fun, you know, some of your hobbies, you know, what's your premier league team, right? Talk to me about that. <laughs> oh goodness. I don't, I don't watch football, but don't say that because we've actually just started working with a couple of the premier league football clubs. in the UK. Well, they, they listen to it. They listen to the podcast. So be careful, you know, yeah. say you just love them and that's your favorite team. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. Yeah. My favorites, all of them. Um, I mean, you can probably tell that my my main passion is my, is my job. I don't know if yes. that's a, <laughs> uh, an embarrassing thing to say, but I'm blessed that I come to work and I absolutely love what we uh, what I do. Um, you know, I do need to decompress though, because obviously running your own business is is hard and overwhelming, and it can be, you know, um, yeah, exhausting sometimes. So to decompress, I love cooking. I'm a big big fan of cooking. Um, I love walking and swimming. Um, but yeah, I guess really what lights me up is other people. So spending time with my friends and family, going out for dinner, cooking for them, um, going on long walks. Those are, those are the moments that I'm, I'm happiest outside of work. I love it. I, yeah, I knew I was like, I know her answer is going to probably be work. Cause it, it's, you know, if people watch this podcast, 
you could see it, but you could also hear the passion. That is true, and I have not said that about every guest. So Rowena, a closing thought that you'd like to leave with our audience. It could be a thought about you know something that's helped you. It could be a book that you're reading. It could be a quote, anything you wanna leave our fine audience with. Ooh. Um, so I think the closing thought for me is, I believe that there are two things that make people happy in their lives. One is connection to others, and two is having purpose. And our purpose is driven by the things that we love and care about. Um, and think about ma what matters to you, what drives you, what gets you up, up out bed every day. Um, next time you go, I don't know, to a restaurant, to the supermarket, shopping online, um, choosing what to do with your with your Saturday afternoon. Think about why you choose what you do and how it reflects with your purpose. Um, because when you start doing that activity in your day to day and thinking about it as, as you know, as yourself, as a customer of others, it's a great thing to then put into practice at work. As you know, if most people listening to this podcast are marketers, media uh, people, you know, thinking about how you what matters to you and how that allows you to connect emotionally to the decisions that you make in life will help starting to think about that um, in your day to day um, on how, how that can benefit you inside and outside of work. I love it. I love it. Amazing thoughts. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. That's Rowena Humby, ladies and gentlemen, take a look at star count, take a look at the female lead. She's the CEO of star count Rowena Humby, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of the marketing stir. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast from Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.